the Art of Leadership Network. Welcome to Lead Culture with Ginny Katrin, brought to you by Foresight, a podcast all about building confident leaders, extraordinary teams, and thriving cultures. The goal is to equip you to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. Thank you for choosing to listen today and enjoy this episode. Well, hey, friends, I'm Jenny Katrin, your host here at Lead Culture, and I'm glad that you are with us today. I don't know about you, but fall has been a bit of a whirlwind, right? I have been traveling like crazy, grateful to be out connecting with leaders and teams, talking all things leadership and culture. And a question that is coming up a lot right now is what must change? And maybe not even we're com- we might not even be completely asking that question, but we're we're dealing with the realities of change, or even anticipating what else is going to change, and we're a little fatigued by it, aren't we? There's a familiar quote from Heraclitus, which is a Greek philosopher, and he says, "Change is the only constant in life." And right about now, that feels uh, that feels right. Change is the only constant in life. Now, the challenge with that is that I think that we're wired for comfort, aren't we? We're naturally in the pursuit of a steady state. Now, I'm sure this varies with personality type, but at least for me, I'm constantly trying to get everything just right. right? I like everything in its place. I can't go to bed if the kitchen is a mess. I can't shut down my computer until I've responded to just one more email to get, you know, that zero inbox thing is kind of, you know, not within grasp most of the time. But I have a I have limits, right? I have like expectations of I'll feel better when. And I long for a sense of completion, right? I just kind of want everything in order. Perhaps our pursuit is really a longing for peace. Maybe it's for control. But what I do know is that change is inevitable. So I can either resist it or I can embrace it. Logically, we know that change is part of life. And it is certainly a part of leadership. But history is a graveyard of leaders and organizations that were unwilling to navigate change at critical moments. In fact, there's an entire body of work that's delegated to organizational life cycles and the study of how to prevent an organization from going into decline and ultimately death. Think Blockbuster, Kodak, Xerox, Toys R Us, Borders, Tower Records, right? Like there's this graveyard of organizations that ultimately declined and, and died. Now, I've never met a leader who wanted his or her organization to slip down the backside of the organizational bell curve into decline. And yet statistics tell us that the majority don't succeed. The Small Business Administration states that 30% of new businesses fail during the first two years of being open, 50% during the first five years, and 66% during the first 10. Only 25% make it to 15 years or more. And some experts in the field, like Les McEwen, say that the number may be as high as 80% of new businesses fail within the first three years. 
And the variable in that stat is due to the fact that the organization or business didn't even get as far as filing taxes, and therefore, they're not really reflected at all in the small business administration stat. Now, for those of you in church ministry, you know that there's a lot of comparable data around the success of or failure of church plants, right? Like that high failure rate in those first few years. For for those in the church world, every year, more than 4,000 churches close their doors compared to just over 1,000 new church starts. And so there's just this gap in the number of organizations that are in declining or in death. The statistics aren't encouraging, are they? So what sets thriving organizations apart? Why do they succeed when the majority fail? Granted, failure is rarely overnight, and this is what makes it so tricky. Notice that for new businesses, 70% are still going in year two, but that percentage flip-flops by the time the business is 15 years old. So clearly, we start strong, but with time, we drift toward decline. The average church that makes it to seven years has a lifespan of 80 years. So this brings me back to change. What must change? Who must change? And why don't we change when it's a matter of succeeding or failing? I once heard Seth Godin explain our resistance to change in this way. He said, we resist change because it pushes us to a place of incompetence. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think anyone enjoys feeling incompetent. So if change requires us to confront the unfamiliar or the uncomfortable, then our nature is to resist it. And I think this is the crux of the matter. When a leader is unwilling to face our own discomfort and incompetence, we won't lead our team or our organization to confront discomfort or incompetence. And slowly, that organization will lose momentum and ultimately drift to decline and disillusion. In most cases, this progression is slow and nearly indecipherable. If the leader is not willing to confront their own discomfort and be alert for necessary change, they will most likely lead the organization into decline. Ouch, right? Like I read and hear this stuff and I think, What am I not paying attention to? What am I not aware of that's like slowly drifting that needs my attention, but I'm resistant to change and so I'm not addressing it. And so this is where we as leaders must be willing to be change agents. Max Dupree is known for his belief that the first task of the leader is to define reality. And in this case, the leader must be willing to confront what must change in oneself and within the organization. With clarity on what must not change, which is our purpose and mission, right? So we have a clarity on the things that we don't really need to change. A leader must be perpetually curious and hunting for what must change. See, I think that's sometimes where we get stuck as leaders is we're like, no, this is the mission. This is the vision. That's totally good. That probably doesn't need to change. Maybe it does. And there are certain seasons where that might be required. But by and large, like our why We don't need to be changing that every two minutes. Like that why uh, likely doesn't need to change. But we need to be on that hunt for what must change. Where do we need to grow and adapt? In fact, the perspective shift that is essential for every leader at every level is to see themselves as a change agent. 
you must be continually committed to identifying what is to change and persistent to leading through it at a pace that others can stand. Now, I want you to think about that phrase right there, right? We must be continually committed to identifying what needs to change and persistent to leading through it at a pace that others can stand. And that last phrase is really key. That's like kind of that emotional intelligence and leadership, right? Of like uh, recognizing what needs to change, but then leading through that change at a pace that others will go with us. So we have to determine smart change. What must change? I've also seen leaders just create havoc, right? Like just make change for change's sake and create havoc organizationally. When I'm working with clients on organizational direction and design, we often do a common strategic planning exercise called keep, start, stop. And essentially, we evaluate the organization in those three categories, making an exhaustive list of what we need to keep doing, what we need to start doing, and what we need to stop doing. Now, the keep list is usually quite long. We like what we do. It's known, it's comfortable, and we can typically always give an emotional plea for keeping our pet projects, right? Like there's like, oh, but we need to keep that because of this, or we need to keep that because of this story over here, or, you know, we started this for this purpose. And so we have all kinds of reasons why we need to keep things. The start list is usually the most energizing discussion. These are the ideas that have been brewing. It's the opportunities on the horizon, right? Like it's the stuff we're dreaming about. So that start list is usually pretty fun. And that list is usually not too difficult. There are plenty of things we want to start. The challenge emerges when we get to the stop list. Because without fail, this is where the conversation stalls. Leaders, we don't like restraint. We don't want to stop things. More is better, right? That's what we think. And that's not actually true. More is not better. More is just more. And adding more without strategically stopping just leads to exhaustion and overwhelm. Let me say that again, because I think a lot of us are doing this, myself included. Adding more without strategically stopping just leads to exhaustion and overwhelm. If we want to keep everything and start a bunch of new things, we're setting ourselves up for failure or at a minimum, mediocrity. Another element of change that we dislike is letting go. I have a personal rule that I can't add anything to my closet without giving away an item. Now, that sounds pretty reasonable, right? But this simple rule makes me think twice about buying a new pair of jeans or a new pair of shoes. Do I really want to give something else up? What am I willing to part with? And it just forces me to really process and think through that. And we do the same thing organizationally. We can quickly identify what we want to add. But if that means having to give something else up, we'll think twice about it. We're okay with change when it means addition. We dislike change when it means subtraction. When change means letting go, we're much more reluctant to embrace it. So as leaders, we have to lead ourselves and others to embrace change and not just the change of addition, but the change of letting go, the change of subtraction. And this means we have to learn to evaluate change effectively in order to make decisions that lead to smart change. There's a common assumption that people don't like change. And I don't really believe that's the case. 
We like to change when we have control. We like change that involves new things that we can see or conceptualize. We don't like change that is unknown or uncomfortable. Consider an organizational restructure, for instance. Most employees cringe at the idea of org changes. Why? Because their past experience has probably been frustrating, traumatizing, or confusing, so they're predisposed to resist organizational change. And my assumption when I hear resistance in an organization to org structure changes is that these decisions or changes were made poorly in the past and therefore have created a negative perception in the culture. In organizations that have a healthy habit of smart organizational changes, employees are much less resistant to change because they trust that leaders make smart changes, not haphazard changes. Leaders, that's a great like question to ask ourselves. Am I making smart changes or haphazard changes? So, and this is why the responsibility lies with us as leaders to be smart with change. When we're leading through change, employees' emotional health and sense of safety are on the line. When employees don't believe we have their best interest at heart, they are not going to trust the change and therefore they're going to be resistant to engaging it. So as the leader, change must start with you. You must embrace it first to lead others through it. You must get gut level honest with yourself about what must change in order for your organization to thrive. And leaders, I think we have to ask ourselves these questions right now. We're continuing to just feel the turmoil of the last few years and the unsettledness of like the forced change that's been put upon us because of all of the impact of global pandemic, economic upheaval, and the myriad of things that have happened over the last few years. So we have to get honest about what must change in order for our organizations to thrive right now. So here are three things I want to encourage you to do. First, I want you to schedule some time. It could be a couple hours or an entire day to get away and think through the question, what must change? Consider what are you resisting? What are you afraid of? What are you avoiding? Any variation of these questions will help you get honest about where you need to lead through change right now. Secondly, I want you to do the keep, start, stop exercise. Grab a sheet of paper or a whiteboard and make three columns labeled keep, start, stop. And then brainstorm each column. If you have starts but no stops, you need to dig deeper and be honest about what you're unwilling to let go of, right? There should be something in each of those columns. And then third, pull your team together and repeat that keep, start, stop exercise and notice what they see that might be different from what you saw, right? They're going to bring you perspective. They're going to see things that maybe you didn't see. You're going to see things that they maybe don't want to see and, or vice versa. And so it's going to facilitate great conversations and it's going to help everybody get just a little more comfortable with the idea of change. See, leaders, we have to fight for focus right now. Opportunities abound, constraints abound. And good things buy for our attention. But your job as a leader is determine what must change. Where do you need to think differently to keep leading better? Because change starts with you. 
So keep leading well. We are so grateful for the work that you're doing. We are so honored to partner alongside you in your leadership and and culture journey. And any way that we can support you, we would love to hear. I'd love to know, what do you want to hear about? What are the subjects you're wrestling with? Who do you want to hear from? Please feel free to reach out at podcast at getforesight.com and give us your feedback. I'd also really request that you rate, review, um, subscribe to the podcast. You guys, it really actually means a lot. Like I, I do like look at those um, reviews in, in the podcast and like read them and, and listen to what you have to say. And so please give us the feedback. Let us know what's meaningful to you. We're doing a bunch of evaluation right now for 2023 and thinking about what must change as it relates to the podcast. And so I'd love to hear from you. What do you think we should change, do differently? What should we keep, start, stop as it relates to serving leaders, both through the podcast and our other tools and resources? So friends, keep leading well, do the hard work of doing the reflection of what must change for you and for your organization, because I promise you're going to keep growing and you're going to keep learning from it. So keep leading well, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Lead Culture Podcast with Ginny Katrin, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at getforesight.com. That's the word podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you listen to quality podcasts so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from Lead Culture with Jenny Katrin. Your comments mean the world to us, so please consider taking a quick moment to rate and review our podcast. Remember, you need foresight for success. We'll see you next time.